this is P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And we are back and we have things to talk about. Today was crazy. I know. What a beautiful, glorious day. Taylor Swift dropping music videos, (laughs) causing scandals left and right. Yes, just how I like it. (laughs) Uh, Before we get started, though, I have a review that a great one of our listeners left for us. Yes, it's from Jon Snow No Go 922. (laughs) And he says, fun times on the pop culture front. This is a good show. And Shelby and Matt are, dare I say, actually pretty funny. And that's the oh review. My gosh. We're hysterical. Yeah, we're actually pretty funny. You know, I can't argue with that. But where is the lie? It's not there. That's truth. Only. Although he seemed sort of like surprised by that fact, <laughs> which like means it's probably one of your high school friends. Is that is that usually the, how it goes? How dare you? <laughs> Well, we got to take what reviews we get. You know, it's always exciting to get some some new thoughts and opinions up here. So you can always find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and scroll on down to the bottom to write a review or leave us, you know, a few stars to make us feel good about ourselves. Five stars, preferably. And you can also follow us on social media. We are at PSURong on Instagram and Twitter. And you can send us an email at PSURong at gmail.com if that floats your boat. (laughs) Yes. Now can we talk about what floats my boat? Yes. Let's get into the Taylor (laughs) Swift of it all, shall we? I know. So Taylor Swift released a new single finally after like two months of silence called You Need to Calm Down. And um, it was a lot to process. She released the song first and then just barely released the music video, which is just full of just chock full of people. It's basically a bad blood, but less straight white girls, more colorful gay people. So an improvement, in my opinion. Can we talk first? I feel like just about the song and then talk about <laughs> okay. the music video okay, separately okay, from okay, the song. Okay, 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 I'll try. I'll try. I'm really hyped up because, well, to get into it, I did enjoy the song. It was a vast improvement from me. I was really stoked well, anything to have would that. Be. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the music video that really made me love the song more. So with just the lyrics, it is kind of like, I can see the criticisms. And I can see the sort of complaints and issues with it. But you didn't like it because her vocal work or something. I don't know. (laughs) I was listening to it and I was like, what is this voice? It is (laughs) it is like not her normal singing or talking voice. It's like when you're making fun of a group or pretending, you know, it's like you put on airs. You're like, you know, you're just like you just start the way she says Patron at the beginning (laughs) is weird. Like there's just so many words that you're like, why are you saying it that way? And because it's fun. Have you sung along to it, Matt? You need to sing along to it. You need to sing along to it. I live in in your apartment. You know, I have roommates. It doesn't matter. They can join in. No, 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 thank (laughs) you. Nobody cares. I felt like me was obviously a a dumpster fire of a song with the weird (laughs) spelling section in it. I feel like yet again, though, 
This is her second song of this album. And both of them, for me, feel lyrically much weaker than her usual fare, which not I don't love Taylor Swift <laughs> in any oh, that way. that sounds like a compliment. But, Are you saying but you I feel think like- she could do better? Yes, she could. <laughs> like there, there was no lines in these song in either of these songs where I was like, "Oh, that's like interesting or clever or seems personal." The line about shots and Patron, which I, I was just like, "Like, what is this? Like, anyone could write this <laughs> line. It's the stupidest." But she did. Yes, she did. She she <laughs> so she wrote this song, which is like, which is it is catchy, despite the fact that yeah. the lyrics aren't great. I was like, "Okay, right. Taylor, you can do better," but it's catchy. <laughs> But then this music video came out, and my word, <laughs> things. Are you are you not a fan, or are you a general fan? You know, I. Where do you fall on this? Spectrum? I don't. I don't know. I the. <laughs> I have so many different thoughts in my mind, and I yeah. just can't like process them all together. What did? What was your take? Maybe this will help me. Oh man, I really enjoyed it it was sort of like watching the look what you made me do music video it just made me appreciate the song more and it kind of it was so zany and fun and colorful and beautiful and it had all these people i love like the fab five and rupaul and laverne cox and so it was just like it was just fun to see how it all played out and i thought it was a really clever visual but i'm just more and more convinced and I can see both arguments. So I don't know. But I'm really starting to believe that like Taylor must be bisexual or something because <laughs> there's just a lot going on in the music video. Like the most damning, I think, is the fact that her hair is dyed the colors of the bisexual flag, which is pink, purple, and blue. And I just, I get, and she's living in this gay community trailer park it's a it's a (laughs) gayler park which is just like you know it's almost too perfect to not mean something you know yeah i (laughs) i guess so i guess that is one way of viewing it is that like this is some kind of pre-coming out song which i which i Mm -hmm. think makes it better in my mind Mm -hmm. if that is the situation i like the all of the cameos are very fun. This is obviously like a very uh-huh. fun music video with lots of people. When Akira Davenport is dressed up as Nicki Minaj, I was like, yes, yeah. because, you know, now that I'm scene into was the, the best. Yeah. Yeah. The, so so I I liked it. But the whole time I felt a little bit cringy with it because <laughs> it's weird to me that she as up till now at least a like straight (laughs) woman has Mm -hmm. this song where it's basically like her and a bunch of queer people in like this trailer park that i mean i know that she's saying that she's like pro gay rights but it's like if i made a music video that was like anti-racism and it was like me and a bunch of like black people hanging out in a trailer park (laughs) i feel like it would be like this is kind of weird it would be amazing yeah pull that up no i see that i mean i think some of the criticism is like okay you're like inserting your experience into their experience and yes you know lining yourself up with these other sunbathing queer people while the haters yell at you isn't exactly fair if you're not part of the community, you know? But I think 
I think it would feel different if it wasn't like if it didn't have this support of the queer community in in the cameos, right. you know. Which is like what if it was just nobody's, yeah. If it was just like she hired a bunch of actors, it would feel a lot more. Um, what's the word? When you have like <laughs> you just have little people to make you look better, but. Instead, it's like she asked her friends and these people she knew and respected to be a part of it. And like, you know, all the drag queens were like, oh, yeah, she actually paid us really well. And like she really respected us and cared about us and was so nice and genuine. So it felt more like it was honoring a community rather than profiting off of it. But but also it's like she... Like, like, who isn't going to say yes to be in a music video with Taylor Swift? You know what I mean? Like, if she asked me to be in a music video, I'd be like, sure, yeah, like, why not? (laughs) Pay me whatever. Right, yeah. And also, the thing that is more of an issue, I think, for me, is that Taylor Swift is so calculating. Like, she's so... Like, everything she does is planned out a million steps in advance. It's all, like, you know, tried out to see, will this work? Won't this work? Like, she is thinking of all of the scenarios in her head. So you know that when uh-huh. she is posting this video, she's it's not just, like, she's not just thinking, oh, like, this will be a good way to, like, support my friends. She's thinking of, like, the optics. What will this look <laughs> like? You know? It, well, you're like, making assumptions about what she's no, thinking about. No, no, I mean, this is something that not. she's been vocal about for a long time now. It's just you haven't been a fan, so you haven't been listening. You know, like, she's been involved in the gay community making donations supporting fans supporting artists for a few years now at least so it's not like suddenly she's like hey i bet i can make a quick buck if i turn out this pride anthem you know yes which 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 is what makes this like dicey it's not like oh this is clearly a bad thing that she's doing or oh this is clearly a great choice it's like there's so many different layers to it and i can't decide like whether it's a really good thing whether it's like a weird thing whether she's doing it like for good reasons or for like you know the optics of it so i for me it's like a mixed bag and i think that's sort of what it's gonna stay (laughs) that's fair i think some good signs for me is the call to action at the end of the video and that she's like maintained the same call to action in like her bios it's not like a new link to download her song you know it's like i think she's trying to put her money where her mouth is and kind of like prove that she's not just talking the talk but she's walking the walk but yeah i can see it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the album plays out people think Haley kiyoko's part means that she'll be featured on track five and she's a queer artist and track five is usually the most vulnerable and like honest and emotional track on a Taylor album. So people are like, maybe there will be more discussion of this and sort of exploring this. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this era takes shape. But also we completely overlooked what I feel like is maybe the biggest moment of the music (laughs) video, which is where Taylor Swift and Katy Perry reconcile, which also seems strange to be in this music video (laughs) as it's like, oh, this like celebration of being queer. And then, oh, at the end, we're going to like tack on this weird like feud (laughs) resolution between her and And then also Ryan Reynolds is in it. Yeah. (laughs) Also weird. Well, the song includes like, 
a whole verse about not pitting women against each other and how yes. all these pop starlets have been compared against each other. So I think they included the Katy Perry bit one to sort of show like for a long time, the two of them got in this competitive atmosphere and now they're finally like matured enough to realize like, oh, we don't have to hate each other. We can just... But- Love but that also feels like it might be a publicity stunt. <laughs> like nothing in this cynical. feels That's genuine. The problem. You don't believe in <laughs> friendship and and love and mutual respect. You're a cynic, you know. So you you just want Taylor to Swift the worst. is a cold, heartless vampire, <laughs> and everything she does is calculated. Oh, no, no, I would argue, and you guys can, you know, if you care, you can catch more of my. Truly stand thoughts <laughs> on my other podcast, Swiftish. But I feel like she's been more open and honest this era. Like I could see her being calculated in 1989, being calculated in red and how she presented herself, tried to control her image. But now it's almost like she's trying, she's realizing, like, oh, I think it's more real than you are trusting it to be. And maybe that's my own bias, but. That's my take. For me, it's like a calculated person was told, oh, you're too calculated. (laughs) She went and read how to win friends and influence people and is like coming back with that attitude. But not necessarily that would convince you, you know, like what she it just every everything that she does (laughs) is so like planned out and calculated in advance. I feel like what I need from her is something that like is spontaneous. Like she needs to like go on a new, like some kind of interview and not have it be like a pre-planned thing, but just like (laughs) how, like show some kind of like vulnerability as a person in the moment and not have it be Uh this, like I'm going to like show you some kind of good virtue that I'm going to plan for (laughs) six months and leave clues about. And then, and finally bring to you at the end. Yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, she does interviews and you're saying that those are planned too far in advance. So she needs to just do a pop up and she popped up at the Stonewall Inn. But I'm guessing you think that's oh, a oh you move. think that wasn't <laughs> planned. She was just walking by and well, wandered Jesse into the Tyler 50th Ferguson anniversary. <sighs> See, it's just like, I don't know what you want. Like, I think you just need to admit that. You're a hater, you know. I mean, I am, but I for good reason, <laughs> I think. And and lots okay. of people have the same take as me. Anyways, yeah, moving yeah, on, yeah. I moving have another on. I have another story that I found very interesting that also sort of okay. relates to Taylor Swift but not exactly it <laughs> at this moment. Okay. Have you been following the Billboard chart feud that is going on? No. So there was this huge, there's this massive feud going on between DJ Khaled and Tyler, the creator and Billboard, (laughs) you know, the like company that uh, ranks albums because Uh I think it was last week or two weeks ago, the Billboard album chart didn't come out on time. It like wasn't released the day it was supposed to. It was four days delayed. (laughs) And then they had... Tyler, the creator's new album, Igor, as number one, and DJ Khaled's new album, Father of Ashad, as number two. And DJ Khaled was, like, pissed off about this and is now suing Billboard for, like, not counting his sales correctly and making him get the number two slot instead of the number one slot, which Mm -hmm. seems crazy, but... This is all like sort of coming to the he- to a head of this idea of like bundling albums where oh, yeah. 
celebrity or musicians in order to get high spots on the billboard chart because people don't really buy albums anymore at least not physical albums they bundle them with other things so it's like oh mm-hmm. if you buy a concert ticket you also get the el- an album and that counts as an album sale so these musicians will like launch their tour at a very specific time and all of those tickets count as album sales so that they can get the number one spot on the billboard chart but in the past couple of years, they've gotten more and more strange with the things that they have bundled these albums with. So mm-hmm. it's like now if you buy merch, sometimes that counts. And in the case of DJ Khaled, if you bought his special DJ Khaled energy drink, <laughs> you also got a copy of his new album. But oh. the company that has the, that like produces the energy drink was encouraging fans to buy cases of the energy drink and therefore <laughs> like dozens of copies of the album. So Billboard disqualified all of those energy drink <laughs> album sales, which was like over a hundred thousand album sales. And that's why DJ Khaled didn't get the number one slot. And so now there's this whole debate going on online of like, what should count? Should it just be album sales? Should it be streaming? Should they not be able to bundle? Because all of these celebrities have basically sort of been like paying or somehow like weird ways of leveraging this number one slot. That's wild. I didn't know you could bundle it with just anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean basically. Cuz it's not cuz it's not a physical copy. It's like the digital download. Oh, right, right, right. So, poor DJ Khaled. I mean, he just wants that number 1. I guess. But it was funny because I was thinking of t- of, of last Taylor Swift I, album cycle where people were buying like multiple albums so that they could get those points for the concert tickets. <laughs> and I was like, she didn't even need to do bundling. that. Yeah. yeah. Taylor, <laughs> yeah, get with the times, just sell an energy better. drink. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, she's already broken the record for most pre-sales. So I think she'll be okay. Taylor Swift, again, to go back to her like evil genius, is smart because (laughs) she links all of her stuff together. So it's like you buy Uh merch because some of her merch has like secret ticket upgrades in it. And then you buy (laughs) the album so that you can get better ticket slots. So it's like it's all in a circle (laughs) where like you have to keep buying the other things to like get advantages. Which is very savvy. She hasn't started that. She hasn't started that this era. So we'll see if she tries that again. Um, I mean, it really paid off. I got really good seats. So it was worth it in the end. And I didn't I didn't spend any money. It was just the boosting system she had in place. So you don't have to be crazy and buy 46 albums. But I guess if her fans feel like it, she's who is she to stop them? You know? Yeah, that's true. What should she do? (laughs) I uh, I have a story about Zendaya, who's in a new HBO show called euphoria <laughs> i've seen ads for yet? it but i have not watched it i'm not a zendaya I know. fan it does not, so who cares yeah it doesn't really appeal to me like at all but it's been getting a lot of attention for the amount of <laughs> penises in it and oh. just sheer uh graphic sex and drugs and alcohol what is it about it's like, it is about a group of high school students who are just navigating life in today's age. And it's just like, man, is this really what high school is like? Because it just sounds really traumatic. Because it's like, there's like 
a scene in the second episode with like 30 erect penises and then there's like a yeah (laughs) yeah there's like a rape in the first episode there's a lot of like stuff going on and like Zendaya plays a drug addict teenager self-medicating and so it sounds like a lot and like of course the parents television council got involved and was like this is the most dangerous show for teenagers today which honestly they should never say because I feel like that's going to drive (laughs) teenagers to the show that they otherwise wouldn't have watched but what was funny is Zendaya herself came out and was like hey guys yeah, this is like for mature audiences. It can be very difficult to watch and very triggering. So don't think you have to watch just because you're a fan of me, which is probably good of her to say because her fan base skews very young because she's, I don't know, Disney Oh, like a Disney star. Channel star. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that is a show that's happening that I probably won't watch, but it's just gotten so much attention for its sheer graphic nature and... um people are people are torn on it i think some people really like it and think it's like true to life for (laughs) the 2019 age of teenagers which is sad because it's like the whole first episode has a monologue about how nudes is just the new love currency and it's like well i don't know am i approved to say maybe it shouldn't be but there you have it you know if you want to check out a real raw hard to watch, graphic, very sexual, <laughs> drug-riddled, alcohol-ridden show, Euphor- Euphoria is the one for you. Well, I'll just add that to my Netflix queue <laughs> uh, right now. Yeah. This was a story that I don't think got much traction, but I found shocking, <laughs> I guess is the word. Did you read at all <laughs> about um, Jennifer Lopez's art collection? No. So apparently Jennifer Lopez is a huge art collector, which I did not realize this. And so is her now boyfriend, fiance, Mm -hmm. A-Rod. They're Mm -hmm. both apparently big art people. And so he had to sell pieces from his art collection worth like millions of dollars because they didn't fit with her art collection. And now they are collecting (laughs) together as a couple. So they had to like prune some of his pieces because they just didn't fit aesthetically with what she was bringing. (laughs) Wow. Where is this art? Is it like just scattered through her outer house or does she have like a exhibit room or like no i think like, they're in their they home yeah, yeah i i don't know but <laughs> what I, was he collecting was it like they were like know, like basquiat <laughs> i mean like very uh expensive things but i was yeah. just one surprised that either of those people knew anything yeah. about art and then that they were <laughs> well that just shows you <laughs> i know can't judge a book by its cover matt yes i'm a bad person <laughs> Did you uh, enjoy any of her pieces? Do are we aware of what her pieces are? Or I it's didn't. All kind of I didn't hush-hush? really look up what the individual right, pieces right, right. were. Like some of them were listed, but I was like, eh, I don't really care that much. I just <laughs> am more concerned about the fact that they have this weird, yeah. like combined art collection now. Yeah, and par- I guess part of the reason how they fell in love was because they had you know met at like some art thing or had like some kind of art connection. I can't remember exactly Aww. what it was, but that's how like they found each other. So cute, true love. Look at you bringing the romance to P.S. You're wrong. That is you such know, a sweet story. I'm trying. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for sharing. 
Um, this is breaking news. <gasps> Suzanne Collins of the Hunger Games yes! has decided to jump on the bandwagon and make a prequel. Uh, so that'll be fun. And because we live in 2019, Lionsgate, who produced and you know produced all of the Hunger Games movies, has already like signed on or says they're working with Suzanne already on the movie of this yet to be written book. So, something to look forward to come 2020. Can I say, though, that, like, I am very excited about this and do not think that it is as bad of an idea as people, I'm sure, are saying that it is and that it's, like, some money-grabbing attempt. One, she has not written anything that I'm aware Mm -hmm. of since The Hunger Games, which seems crazy Mm -hmm. because they were so popular. And two... It's like the the book series is just set up to do all of these prequels. It's like you're asking <laughs> for them because there's like 60 however many Hunger Games before the one that Katniss and Peeta are in. <laughs> and you have to assume that all of them would be I interesting books. I hadn't thought of that. So Yeah, I guess I just thought it would be more about how they got to that w- district you know, government. I, I read an article and supposedly this is about the 10th Hunger Games. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I kind of just totally spaced on that being a possibility, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, so it's going to be a different, obviously, because it's like early Hunger Games. Yeah. There's still lots of people around who uh, who haven't or who remember like pre-Hunger Games world, right. where by the time you get to where w- the actual Hunger Games books start, okay. that's not a thing anymore. But, Interesting. Yeah. I'm oh, always up like for child better. murder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sign me up. I love that 11-year-old Rue stuff. Um, I really thought it would just be like how the government fail- fell and it would just end up being like, why did we need this book? We already know how it ends. But that yeah. is a really good reminder that there are 49 other Hunger Games to mm-hmm. tap into. <laughs> well, and it's set in 2019. So the actually the opening <gasps> scene is 30 erect penises at the Hunger Games. Yeah. And then there's a drug abuse <laughs> oh section. Oh my gosh, worlds are colliding. That sounds right up my alley. Let me get that. Give me an advanced copy when you get one. Okay. Please. Will do. <laughs> Okay, but love it or hate it, what do you what do you got? I am bringing Big Little Lies season one because oh. I haven't watched the current season yet, <laughs> but I am all caught up on the first season and yeah. it was very oh, okay. enjoyable. So two years too late, but that's wow, what I'm excited about. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to hear that. I've I've never heard of this show before. Like, tell me more. Like, what did you like about it? Well, did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, I okay. did, along okay. with most of America. Yes. Well, you know, some people didn't. <laughs> it's about a bunch of rich, yeah. uh, like, housewives out in California, and there's, like, a murder that takes place. But it's just delightful, mm-hmm. small-town, school-related yeah. gossip and a murder mystery right. all in one. So what's it's to great. I know. not enjoy? Huge cast. Which woman is your favorite? I think Reese Witherspoon's character is my favorite. Yeah, she's kind of has your energy, you know, if you were a stay-at-home mom in the <laughs> Like sort of like that's probably looking for drama and trouble to drum <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's a really perfect pick for you. Which I'm would a Laura you be? Dern fan. Oh so yeah. I think her name's Renata, is that yes, right? They that have is some correct. weird names. So 
That she also makes just, sense. I love her. That's so much. your energy. <laughs> yeah, you mean it. Oh my gosh! Thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. That is so sweet. I'm glad you got to watch it though. Finally, and for anyone who has been putting it off, like now you see it's there's no time like the present. Like it's worth it. You know. Well, I needed to watch it for Meryl, so <laughs> yeah. So now you're you're ready to dive so in. So now I'm ready to two. go. Yes. Well, my love it or hate it, coincidentally, is also about a book to TV series. This is uh, Hate It, and it goes out to The Handmaid's Tale, season three, which has been a disaster. It was like, I loved season one. It was so good. It was so good. I loved it so much. Season two, I got all the complaints. It felt very like manipulative and how violent and graphic it was and it started to move really slow and there wasn't like a lot happening and it didn't seem to know where it wanted to go but as soon as it ended on this cliffhanger which spoiler alert i guess um june has an opportunity to leave the country to leave gilead and go with her newborn baby to meet up with her husband long separated husband and whatever decides ultimately not to because she has to like save her firstborn daughter who's stuck in the gilead system whatever season three it's four episodes in and it has been such a hot mess i don't think anyone is enjoying it anymore all the critics are like this was such a bad choice like keeping june in gilead is the worst thing the show could have done she should have gone out and like started some sort of you know underground railroad network or like dealt grappled with her guilt for leaving her daughter or like had to deal with the how the outside world views gilead there was so much rich opportunity to explore but instead they're just trying to keep her in the same handmaiden like arena but it totally totally undercuts the tension of the gilead universe which is so violent towards women so unforgiving so judgmental and like it doesn't make sense that this woman who's constantly caused trouble, who literally just kidnapped her baby, sent her to a different country, has continuously tried to kidnap her other child, has made mistake after mistake, and is still being trusted to like hang out with these commanders and stuff. It just doesn't make sense. And so now the whole show, it just feels kind of like stuck and sad and it's sort of like a waste of everyone's good efforts of the first season and so it's kind of it's kind of sad to watch now it's just really disappointing well (laughs) that's not (laughs) great i still haven't watched the second season yet but don't even honestly it's like i'll be shocked if they get a season four and if they do then something has to change uh, drastically because this is just it's not working it's not it's not interesting it's not provoking it's not good anymore it's just it's just really gone downhill i can't see kate or um elizabeth moss wanting to stay on for another season yeah <laughs> if she's not doing it like she can basically do whatever oh, yeah. she wants she's that good of an actress yeah and if it's not great i think that she'll be jumping the ship yeah and they're not allowing her to do anything new she just has to stare at the camera and be sad because she's a handmaid you know she's not allowed to try anything else or bite into anything else so it's just like not a challenge for anyone Mm. such a disappointment you know she could move to monterey california and be a (laughs) mom oh yes season three new cast member good idea I'd pay big money to see her and Christina Hendricks <laughs> move to Monterey. 
Yeah, maybe we should start a fan petition, get some signatures going. That that changes things nowadays, right? Yes. Worked for Game of Thrones, we'll work for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is all that I have for this episode. We're going to be talking about Men in Black International, the much-anticipated mm-hmm. spinoff of the Men in Black series <laughs> on Thursday. So we'll be around for that if you would like to join us. You should join us. It'll be really interesting to talk about this franchise. No one thought we needed more of, but here we are. (laughs) I thought we needed more of it. (laughs) But uh, come back and listen to us on Thursday. Otherwise, follow us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong, and we will see you guys later this week. Bye. Bye.